0: everyone welcome to perspectives and focus this is James Hicks I'm your host as always from Hicks new media and infotainment news today we have a fantastic show uh, we almost didn't start the show because me and my, my my guests were behind the scenes just just talking and I was like wait a minute I, I let's pause so I can finally start screaming and press record so we can have this discussion so you guys are in for a treat I'm I'm thankful for those that are, are watching, listening, and hearing the message that's going to going to come. Uh, my guest today is Jill Weston. Jill Weston is uh, often known for being a stress whisperer. You know, she uses her calm vibe and, and healing voice to help people pause, refocus, and remember their potential. Think about that tagline. That, that's, that's incredibly powerful just in and of itself, right? Jill looks to, you know, help people really create peace, peace in, uh, in their mind, in their heart, bodies, homes, and therefore peace really within all of their communities. Uh, today we're going to hear her story, which is incredibly rich, incredibly diverse. We'll talk about uh, what she's doing now to help folks, again, find and create that peace. We'll, we'll talk and we'll, we'll dispel some of the myths that are out there as well about uh, mindfulness, Self care and meditation, and we're going to do this kind of in an effort to make these helpful practices more appealing, but also inviting and accessible to folks. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, welcome Jill Weston. Jill, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, James. Thank you for asking.
0: And you? I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, and we, okay. we're doing what we can. You know, if I if I complain, no one would listen, and there's nothing to complain about anyway. So. I'm having fun that. Doing, doing it all, so it's all good so let, let's let's start first and foremost, again, thank you for for the time. Uh, I want to be cognizant of your time because be honest with you, I got more questions than anything, and I just want to make sure that I'm not selfish and allow you to speak and, and allow you to answer any questions that may come in and, and And I say that really just because I'm so intrigued and so interested in in what it is you do, who you are and what you do. Right. So so let, let's start with that. Let, let let's give the folks the elevator pitch of, of Jill Weston. Um, what 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 who are you?
1: All right, thank <laughs> you. And we want to keep it interesting for all of the
0: listeners. Oh, no, so i I don't, don't don't even come on, <laughs> right. let's not be modest or anything. You you are interesting. Uh,
1: well I trust James also that James asked great questions to bring that out. But yes, I'll start with my story. Uh, my name is Jill Weston, and my business is Breathing Space, and there's a whole story as to how that name came about. But really what I am about is, uh, as James said, um, you know, finding ways to be more peaceful, to teach some of that peacefulness, but in a very down-to-earth way. And it's it actually started when I was young. I didn't realize how much I would observe and watch people. And I found that automatically, I just I didn't take to conflict well. Um, My natural instinct was to back up and kind of watch. And even as a young kid, I would wonder, I was like, "Why are people talking like that? Why is that happening? Why don't they try different ways?" My dad was an Air Force commander, um, a colonel, and he had, I think, for a. Man and a man of his rank at that time, this was in the 70s, he had a very um, just workable way of talking to people. So even as a young kid, I picked up that my dad had boundaries, would hold boundaries, and had expectations of people, but he didn't yell and scream. Mm-hmm. My mom was a teacher, and the same thing. Sometimes kids would say, I'm of your mom. And I was like, she's just my mom you knew you knew what she wanted she knew what to expect of kids and she demanded that so i think that that seeped in without me knowing it as a kid fast forward again i'm i'm observing the world um, for many dis- different reasons i start, started training horses at 14 and i found that i had that knack with horses So I would watch um, very often men trying to get a 2,000-pound horse to go and like pull a horse into a horse trailer or if they didn't want to go in a stall or running around, you know, one or two acres with a whip trying to make the horse come to them. So, again, remember I'm standing back watching and I'm thinking, well, you're snapping the whip, you're yelling and screaming, we're trying to push this horse in the trailer pressure against pressure isn't working Mm -hmm. so i learned again kind of by default thinking i you know i'm going to try a different way so without realizing i found people would say hey i have this horse that's running wild on three acres could you train it Mm -hmm. well they would say i have this horse could you train it and i would say yeah and my dad would drive me over because i was too young to drive and they're like yeah the horse is over there and here's the halter the first couple times i was like. Why don't they have the horse waiting? Well, they had, James, they hadn't been able to catch the horse in three years. The the hooves are long. The hair is crazy. There was one horse I went to get, and they're like, well, here's the lead rope. Um, Yeah, the halter. So the halter was actually embedded into the horse's skin wow. because they had not been able to get close to her. So I would sit every day and wait and wait and wait for the horse to come to me. So just real quickly, what I would notice with the horse's um, – that may be of interest to listeners the next part of the story. I waited until horses would turn and look at me. If they turned their rear ends to me and flexed a foot like they were going to kick me, hello. I didn't go closer. Right. I didn't push them. What I learned to do was either back up or I would throw little pebbles. And when they would stop kicking and they would turn around and look at me, I would back up literally giving them space. Thus the name breathing space partly. So I learned with horses. Um, The movie, The Horse Whisperer with Robert Redford was not out yet. People didn't call me The Horse Whisperer yet, but they were like, you just have a knack with the horses that are like the man eaters that we, like, what do you do? And it was listening and giving space and being non-threatening. So fast forward, I decide I'm going to be a horse trainer. And my mom, who's a school teacher, says, that's great. You are going to college. It's like, nope, Mom, I'm going to be a horse trainer. She's like, you can do whatever you want after you go to college. So thank you, Mom. I did go to college, which led me down a different path. Going to college led me to working in juvenile corrections. And here in California, it was called the California Youth Authority, mm-hmm. um, both accountability and also counseling and rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. So I go into corrections. I am... A volunteer at the time, um, very, very young with little life experience, and I start to see kind of some of the same dynamics. So most of the offenders um, were 21. We had up to 25-year-olds. So now I am dealing with really grown men who have done horrific things, used to a certain amount of violence, either doing violence or having violence done to them. Mm And here I am, this little college girl, but I'm seeing the same thing, seeing staff say, I'm going to make you go to your room. I'm going to jump in the middle of 50 people fighting with weapons and make it stop. And I'm sitting there as a volunteer and eventually a staff member going, I have never had a fist fight in my life. I, at one point I went through the academy and, you know, we're trained, but I'm like, there's got to be easier, safer way. Yeah. So I started learning using some of those same techniques of here's what I'm asking you to do. And you have a couple choices. You either do it now with me or, you know, five big guys are going to come through that room and door and it's not going to be good. Or what if you took a breath? I saw someone say earlier breath is life. I actually would say sometimes take a breath for a minute. Can you unfist your hands? Mm-hmm. So if the hands are flying and the hands are, I got, can you just put your hands down for a minute? And they're like, what, what are you talking? Just, can you drop your hands down? And then I would mirror that. Sometimes too, I would say, here's what I need you to do. And the guys were like, well, I, I can't hear you. Say it louder. And I'm like, I'm not going to, they're like, what? And it literally disrupted, which we'll talk about later. It disrupted what normally happened in their brain. What normally happened in their brain, just like with the horses, is you yell and you get loud, I'm gonna yell and get loud too. I'm gonna to turn around and kick you as a horse, I'm gonna rear up on you as a person, I'm gonna come at you. So I learned that again, I'm I'm not big, I wasn't ready to fight, I had to figure out a different way, and I started to see that work both with staff um, with the offenders, even with crime victims, I worked with crime victims mm-hmm. and there were certain perceptions that because I was a staff member, I wasn't going to help them. And I would say, you know what? I know I'm on the other end of the phone. I'm going to sit quietly and you tell me what you need. You tell me what you're angry about. You tell me what you're broken about. And they're like, can I yell on screen? Like, what if I start crying? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen. And you tell me when you're done. And then I would also do that in person. So that's, again, how I started kind of the the whispering is what, like, I had an interest in the best outcome for the horses, for the offenders, for the crime victims. And so looking back, that's what led me to mindfulness.
0: So let me ask something about this. So I've I, I, wonder, I have always wondered something, and I, and I, well, not just your field, your interest, but I think about a lot of things. Is, is that patience is that capability to slow oneself down and help other people slow themselves did you learn that or is that do you, do you consider that to be a learned experience or more of an, of an innate experience, innate experience right you said, you said your father was in the military so and my father was in the military as well so I, I understand the um, the rigors of that but I also understand the structure of that and how you have to be uh, cognizant of every move, and you need to be calm, cool, collected, things of that nature, so you can react properly and effectively. But so I, I gained a lot of my discipline from from watching my dad uh, as he was going through the military experience, like that. Do you think you learned some of that from from him and your mom being in education, or you, you just you just you just made that way?
1: <laughs> I th- I think a little bit of both. I usually say I think I was hardwired because. You know, I'm 58 now, the older I am and the more I've looked back at, you know, sometimes even our 20s were like, oh, we're just that way. I've been intrigued more and more and been prompted to look back and go, okay, where, you know, where did that come from? Um, I think we somewhat come into life with a certain path and we either reach it or we don't or we're on it. Um, So I think sometimes it's innate and I think some of it can be taught And I think some people learn it easier and some people have to work at it all the time. I think when it's taught and people can see the outcome. So I worked with staff and I worked with horse trainers. Even today I work around people that they're like, no, 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 I'm fine the way I am. I'm like, okay. Then when they say, you know, I'm really not liking this outcome. I'm stressed. People don't like to work around me. I hate being at work all day. I'm like, how about if you come and try this? How about if you try breathing a little bit? Then they're like, you know what? I'm kind of happier doing what I'm doing. And it's not me that, um, you know, I'm a magician with what I teach. It's the willingness to go, I'm really uncomfortable with how I am, and it's not working out so well, so maybe I'll try something. And then there's people I think it they just take to it easier and I would say I have less, um, I have less tragedy. I have less trauma in my life, so it is also easier for me. If there is more trauma, like the young men that I worked with, yes, they did horrific things. It was more difficult for them to listen because they had layers and layers and layers of, you know, stories and experiences. Mm-hmm. So not that I feel sorry for them, but anybody who has had trauma, you know, and grew up differently than me, it's not going to be as easy to learn. Um, but having said that, I don't want to jump the gun. When you practice certain mindfulness techniques, it affects the brain in a way that it's really not even your decision, which is a good thing. Like in, in certain methods and practices of mindfulness it almost it's almost like it overrules everything you've ever taught and so it's accessible it is accessible if that makes sense
0: let's no let's let's go there i mean because that's some of the the areas that i really wanted to talk about again and i said kind of in the the intro right dispelling some of the myths about mindfulness self-care meditation and things like that that's what you do at, at breathing space your, your client list, I, I, I've seen you know the photos. You've got young, old, you've got men, women, everyone in there. And let's get more folks in there, right? And and, and yes. let's, again, dispel those myths of, of what yoga is. Talk to me about, so we'll go into the Yoga Nidra piece in a second, but okay. talk about the, the mindfulness piece and, and how, how do you break down the barrier of talking to someone about you need to take care of yourself? you need to be sure. mindful. You need to, we, you talked about this the first time we, we met uh, paying attention right now. That, that, that's, that's pretty good. I might put that on a t-shirt or something right there. That, that's, that was so good that I, I did. I wrote it down and I put it in highlight, but, but talk to me again about your conversation to a new client or new or potential client about sure. mindfulness, paying attention right now and self care.
1: Yeah. And paying attention right now is self-care because you are you're, you you're listening to your body literally your nerve endings your cells mm. you're listening to your thoughts about what you need and james you did it the first um i think it was the first time yeah the first time we talked we had emailed and when i called you i said hey james this is jill oh is this a good time for you and i heard a pause in your voice because i listened and you said actually I'm getting my mind right, I think you said. I'm getting my mind right because I have a call. And then right away I became mindful, and I literally kind of leaned back on the phone, and I said, okay, what's a good time? And I started speaking faster to give you space. I didn't go, oh, that's nice, James. (laughs) I'm like, he's giving me information that he he needs space. (laughs) And then we wrapped it up. Yeah. So mindfulness, literally, again, it's not sitting, I mean, traditionally, way, way, way back when, yes, it's sitting in a cave, not eating food, you know, meditating, getting rid of all those senses. But right now, today, everyday mindfulness is being fully engaged right now. I am listening to you. I am watching the screen. I am engrossed in the show. When we hang up, Then I will go, oh, what else do I have to do? Now, a bird might fly by. There might be noise. Even that is mindful because if I hear noise, it may be, hmm, is that going to disrupt the show? Do I need to do something about it? Or, oh, that's the washing machine. Those are kids outside. That doesn't have anything to do with me. And the way that I I hope people can understand, they're like, well, that just sounds like common sense. But if you break it down, so I hear a kid next door, what happens in my body is my mind doesn't need to respond because I don't recognize that kid's voice. I don't have children. I don't have a child outside playing. So my mind goes, oh, that's irrelevant, no need to get your nervous system engaged. And I'm not a mom, but even just having those instincts, literally in rapid fire, my body is saying, you hear a sound, no need to respond, because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. The bird flying by. I love hummingbirds, so I might go, oh, a hummingbird, nope, James is talking to me. It's not time for hummingbirds. So the mindfulness is that everyday paying attention, and when you're... Nervous system, when your brain is, I'm going to use the word triggered not in the way like it triggers trauma, is alerted, then then you have the responsibility if you have the wherewithal to go, what is that about? So standing in line at a bank. Again, I am not chanting. I don't have my incense. I'm not doing a yoga posture. I might walk in and go, wow, there's a lot of people. In, and Actually, I do this. There's a lot of people in line. They all have their arms crossed. Okay. They're all standing funny. When I walk in, they look at me and they roll their eyes. But they don't know me. Like, why are they wanting this cooperation to be chaotic? And sometimes I'm like, you know, I really don't want any of this. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to leave. Or I stand in line and when they stand and go, can you believe this? Yeah. Then I might just say, or you know i'm sorry you're having a tough day uh, my my body doesn't trigger of oh i need to be afraid too i need to be chaotic i need to be ex- i need to be frustrated as well mindfulness is starting on a project and you think to yourself i don't want to do this right now i'm really hungry i'm not interested in this and oh i have this deadline why in the world would you just sit down and start working on it anyway why not look at a, yeah. some of those issues and mitigate them if you can, and even if you can't, mindfulness is still not that you forget about it. But you say, you know what? I really can't fix any of that, but I'm going to be aware of it, and I'm not going to add another level because inside again, your your brain is literally alert, alert, alert. Something's going on that you don't like, yeah. and you can at least say to your brain. Don't worry, I got you. Nothing's going to change. The line in the bank's still going to be long. There's still going to be chaos. There might be a fight in front of like whatever it is, but you know what? I got this. It's, it's And so you have to tell yourself that.
0: It's kind of like compartmentalizing things. Understanding what you can control, what you can't control. Even the things that you can't control, do they matter right now? Are they relevant? Yes. Right again, your, yes. your whole analogy of standing in the bank just because the person behind you in front of you decide you it, Woke up mad. Man, that's, that's, don't bring me down that road too. Just because right. you woke up mad and, you know, don't, don't right. take the sunshine out of my days and don't let it ruin your day because they're uh, trying to give off some of that negative energy, those negative vibes and things of that nature.
1: Yeah. And not as simple as think positive, just be nice. Oh, have that's compassion go. for that yeah, person. Okay. All of that is okay, but really understanding, especially when, I would say for the most part, we don't like it when other people make us mad. Well, why did they do that to me? Why did they, why did that car cut me off? Why is the media making me mistrustful? Mm -hmm. And I learned this with the offenders. Wouldn't it be nice to feel that you are in greater control of yourself? So there are lots of things that are not that relevant to us that are not as easy as, Oh, I'll just forget about it. Or I think sometimes with men there's that thought of, well, I'm not, I'm not giving up my power. Like, I'm not just going to let that slide. But if you don't consider those things, if you don't stay in awareness, what are you doing to your own body? What are you doing to your heart, to your lungs, to your, like, to your bones, to your cells? And it also goes back to this kind of a story I tell sometimes of. Um, You know, I wake up mad. I I wake up and I'm in a good mood. You cut me off in traffic. Someone else is rude to me. Someone else hacks my bank account. I come home and I kick the dog and the dog goes over and bites my kid. Oh, my goodness. It's a terrible day. That's a long ripple effect. Yeah. And that could have been cut off somewhere along the way of me going, this is really messed up that James was mean. It's really messed up that I got hacked. But you know what? I am not going to have that affect my body. And it's not always that easy, especially if people are listening who've been through trauma. I'm not saying it's that easy, but especially if you have been through trauma and you feel out of control many times and you feel like panic attacks come on, wouldn't it be amazing to look into practices that might start to give you 10% control, 20% control to go, okay, in my past, this did seem and was really, really scary and hurtful. In the present, it still feels scary, but I know what it is. So when I worked in juvenile corrections, for example, sometimes guys would just go off and they're hollering and screaming, and I'm like, stop, what is all that about? Well, my mom used to say, yesterday somebody told me no. I'm a man, no one's going to tell me. And I'm like, okay, I got that. Take a minute and breathe. Come on in the back room because part of it, too, is getting away from the audience. And I'd say, what's really going on? Yeah. Well, when you deny me a phone call, it makes it feel like I don't have any power. And at first, I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Then I started to understand that simply by me not giving somebody a toothbrush or, again, trying to force that horse in the trailer like they're reliving all those things from their past and from their legitimate mm-hmm. perspective. And because they're, I want to make sure it's clear too that our bodies are giving us those signals. There are times that our body is alerting us that it may not even be safe to stand in the line at bank, in the bank. Yeah. But when we're mindful, we know the difference of, is this our past? Is this really real? And should I run? And when we get caught up in the cultural things yeah. or, you know, as a man, I got to be strong. Yeah, we all need to be strong sometimes, and we sometimes need to go, you know what, I'm backing up out of this situation.
0: And, and, and I'm glad you, you keep mentioning about the the male sex. I know I, I told you behind the scenes that, you know, one of my um, targets for, for this year is mental health really from, from the male perspective because, again, men just – we just – we, we don't take care of ourselves like, like we should, and, and I want to bring some more awareness to that. But you also touched on a couple of other things, too. It, it's not just the situation that you're in, but the, the the ramifications of a situation, be it positive or negative, and the fact of the the issues that it can have on the mind and the body itself, right? I, I mean, you, you're, you can literally make yourself sick if you... Try to engulf all of that. If if you try to try to deal with all of these situations that are happening, and the majority of them are negative, and, and the burden of, of that you put on yourself can literally make your body ill. And Absolutely. Being mindful of that, I think is is, is key. You touched Absolutely. on it, and now I think it's perfect segue. Tips, steps, methodologies to, like you said get 10% or just get get a little clarity, get a little ease in the day to help you deal with those situations. So talk to me and talk to us a little bit about um, the definition of a, a, a yoga nidra. Talk okay. to us a little bit about practices within meditation. Um, and then talk to me a little bit about um, what you do with your clients when when they come to you with specific situations, obviously you don't go into anything that you that's, that's confidential. But again, you know, h- how do you mold so, someone who comes comes to you and, and is really looking for some help and assistance?
1: Okay, um, and I may ask you to repeat. Some of that. So I don't remember what I said again. I, I just okay. off the dome, right? you, know, you, you <laughs> okay. just, folks that know me, no, I'll, I just come straight. I'll roll up. with it. okay. I, I, I do this same. That's nice. why sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I said. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to touch on a, a little bit and then I'll I'll share like what, what Yoga Nidra is and, and how it can help. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the nervous system so that people again, I don't I want to make sure people are not hearing that I'm saying, just feel better, just take a breath, you know, think happy thoughts. And what you ended with is how we can all make ourselves sick. So our nervous system is so, so important. And people, some of this, like you can, like Google the word vagus nerve, V as in Victor, A G U S. The vagus nerve runs from here all the way through our body. It affects digestion. It tells us if we're safe or not. Our brain goes in different brainwave states. And I'm not a scientist. I just, I've learned some of this because people are like, what do you mean I bring a pillow? on my leg? like, tell me what did you do? How does this work? So our brain goes into different states right now, James and I are in beta brainwave. We're very alert. We are. Thank you. So we're very alert in beta brainwaves. We're listening. We're problem solving. We're able to protect ourselves. If anything goes wrong, we're able to have good conversation. Mm-hmm. In yoga, nidra, and mindfulness and other practices, we uh, we try to move people into theta or alpha, and that tells the vagus nerve. You don't have too much to worry about. You can settle down. So mm. people who are listening, think of times like when you have a panic attack, you you might kind of black out. You get narrow vision. You feel like you don't have control of your body. You, you're like, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. I don't know what's going on. If you can tell yourself 10%, wait, let me check, and you can tell your body, you can tell your system, you know what, I think I'm safe. You have more breath, you have more oxygen, you have more carbon monoxide to go, okay, false alert, all the nerve endings slow down a little bit. Your vision comes back, you're able to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. So understanding, because again, I hear sometimes people say, well, I just get mad, or I just get sad, or I don't know. All of a sudden, I was calm. How does that happen? And understanding a little bit of the science will influence you. Then using those tools, so that you don't like, you don't always have to come to me. You don't always have to um, pay people to access this. There are things within your body. Okay. So, an example, too, real quick. I wanted to share a letter from. Um, their their names on, everybody. so it's a letter from a school kid. Just so you know that it's real, I did a session with them using a sound, quick sound bowl, and just asking them to relax down and breathe. So what he says is, um, ever since you taught us how to calm down, I use my breathing method to calm whenever I get frustrated by not solving a Rubik's cube. And this is significant because it's a it's a little boy, and so I get he's just breathing instead of getting frustrated by not solving the Rubik's cube. Instead of smashing it on the ground, I put it down and I just leave. And then another young man said, um, thanks for teaching us to calm down when we're angry. I've learned that it's better to talk than to fight. It's really helpful because I get angry a lot. Last one is I have, They spelled calm down wrong, but I have calmed down so much. I don't even fight that much with my brother anymore. Wow! So those are third graders that I did not tell them about the vagus nerve, any of that. But I showed them they had evidence of self-regulating and going, Mm -hmm. oh, that feels better. That feels different. Then they practiced and these letters were probably came two weeks later. So in yoga nidra is a specific practice where we allow the vagus nerve or just think of relaxing down the system. When you relax down the system, there's less noise. There's less light. You don't have to think as much about what to do, what to plan, what's on your mind and your, your system isn't as protective. So, We're talking right now, there's things going on, we're not relaxed. And so our body, like our adrenaline, our cortisol, our hormones are like ready. We're ready to fight, we're ready to hunt historically, we're ready to do whatever. I take you into a different brainwave state and literally give you permission to relax down. It's almost like I'm whispering, you know, the, the pterodactyl, the dinosaur is not out there. The heavy project with a due date isn't out there. Um, your kid's not asking for help. There's no one that's going to attack you. You are safe from anybody that did ever harm you. And in that state, the body's like, oh, okay, now I'm willing to relax and I can figure out some other things. So in yoga nidra, there's a relaxation element through a body scan, and I'm talking you through. You know, notice your thumb, notice your fingers, and we'll, we'll hurry up a little bit and do a little bit of that. So in that relaxed state, your brain goes into a brainwave state and your vagus nerve relaxes down so it's not as protective. Mm-hmm. And you actually feel like, hey, it kind of feels good to lay here and do nothing. I don't even really want to think. When your mind shifts back a little bit and away from my voice, why, well, you know, clothes are in the dryer. I have that appointment tomorrow. And then my voice is saying, hey, come back, follow your body, come back. And that starts to feel good. It starts to feel like relief. And your body signals something that like, James, this is good. Keep doing that. So it's almost like a language within the body. Then I have in the style I teach, I have you do a visualization where you see yourself whole, you see yourself exactly as you want to be. So can you see yourself in everyday life not having that burden of a panic attack over you, not having the burden of I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, um, I don't have what I need, I'm not supported. And in that relaxed state, your old thinking patterns, like maybe your parents, your guardians, or whoever took care of you or hurt you, gave you messages you start to undo those messages in a way that you don't even really realize because, again, you're not in that protective state. And you start seeing and feeling all the things that are possible. Okay. So, for example, a, a client came to me and she'd been diagnosed with cancer and, no, I did not cure her of cancer. So I do the session and I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what's going on except I can see the pure relaxation she gets done and she says, wow, Jill. And I don't, people people don't have to share when they go through the session. But she said, you know what? She said, I saw, I had this visualization that my cancer cells were smiling at me. And I was like, really? And I said, so like, why is that a big deal? She's like, because I was fighting my cancer. I felt like I had to battle my cancer. So for her, What came up in that, um, I don't want to say unprotected state, but in that non-thinking state, Mm -hmm. she decided she wasn't going to battle her cancer anymore. And she's like, my cancer cells were smiling at me. She's like, why would I want to battle and fight anything that was in my body? So she went on to do some other things, and her cancer is in remission. Again, clearly, I did not cure her of cancer, but her perspective about battling cancer changed. I had a baseball team come in and they young kids, they're all at odds with with each other. They're all young men. And the coach was like, I heard like you work what you got to do something with them. And I said, okay, what's the something like, what do you, are you looking for more performance? They're like, they're at each other's throats. They won't listen to the coaches. They're hating playing baseball and maybe two thirds of the team, I think, was up for scholarships. They're like, we need something. So I do the yoga nidra session. They go off for their traveling um, team, and the feedback that I get is they scored more runs, defense. They scored more runs, had more defensive like catches, interventions, outs. But mainly, they were talking to each other, mm-hmm. and even their parents were like, our kids were nicer in the hotel. Like. Like, And the only different thing was that they had done yoga nidra. And so it's like a coming back to yourself rather than I'm a horrible, like I asked them before, what are you most worried about? What if I fail my parents? Not what if I lose my scholarship? So sometimes with men too, hey, James, how are you feeling? I'm mad. What's underneath there? Usually hurt and fear. What if I disappoint? What if I'm not good enough? What if someone finds out who I really am? And in yoga nidra, you're unpacking all of that. You're relaxed enough to go, do I really want to think this way anyway? Or do I want to think something else? Is there more potential in me? And you're in um, what I call a flow state, where in that yoga nidra state and afterwards, things it's like I know what to do. I know how I want to be, and I'm going to start to feel that, like that 10%, that 20%. -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I have panic attacks. Maybe I'm not my panic attacks. Maybe I am dyslexic. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have some barriers, but I am not. Those barriers don't Mm -hmm. define me. And so to cap it off again, in that relaxed state, when your nervous system is settling down, you can hear differently. You can process differently. You can go. You know, I used to think that that's not a valid thought anymore. And it it, it's kind of indescribable because people are like, you do all that, you just lay down, like you lay down with a pillow and a blanket, and you listen. How does this work? And it's it's like a yes. Mm. And it's not just me. There's different style of yoga nidra, but typically in a yoga nidra state, or even in a different type of mindfulness session, Mm. you will access that state where just those. Those thought, well, I'm a man, and I have to be this way. And then you you access the physicality that feels good, and then you get a little intrigued. You're like, why Why would I not want to feel this way all the time?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And you can still be a man. You can still be, you know, an assertive person. You can still you know, be who you are. You just walk with, walk around with more peace, more grace. It, it doesn't decrease your power. To me, it actually gives you more power.
0: And isn't that what everyone wants? So, so let me-
1: ultimately yeah. it's so, just, so- just real quick too. Sometimes I think we have to take power. It goes back to again, making that horse do what we want, making that person do what we want. And it's really not about like, I'm not def Like if you said right now, Jill, I don't like what you're saying. and I'm going to end the show. For a minute, I might go, oh, okay. And honestly, I would check in with you afterwards, say, James, what was it that I did? Because I wouldn't want to mess up your show. But I would say, James did what he did. And I'm going on about my business. I am not going to tap back into, you know, maybe when I was three years old, somebody told me I didn't do something right. Not easy, but that's because I, I practice what I teach. And you may have had a good reason or not. I can't know that for you. So my my feeling powerful, feeling good is not wrapped up in what other people do.
0: I love that. I love it's that. just not. You're, you're strong in yourself. You're strong in your teachings and what you talk to your clients about. What I was going to ask is, are you seeing, um, I don't know if acceptance is the right word, but uh, like from the medical field, are, are you seeing where maybe someone in your practice is, is being called in to, to help folks, as you say, that have been and experienced trauma, and then second, along with that, we're talking mental, we're talking past experience, we're talking things that maybe have resonated with folks for a long time, post-traumatic stress disorder, and things of that nature. Are, are you seeing where folks who have experienced things within their lifetime uh, have come into a session, come into mindfulness, a, a, a meditation session, a, a yoga session, and really gotten not just value out of it, but got... That peace, right? Because yes. I, I, so I want to use one of your words, but, you know, gotten that yeah. peace in terms of, yeah. you know, fi- not fighting those those demons, not fighting those same things that they fight on, on a day-to-day basis. Talk, talk to us a little bit sure. about the medical side and then also from the long-term uh, disorders and things of that nature.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it takes, you know, one session of Yoga Nidra can be pretty powerful, and I think it's because many of us, and myself too for a while, we live in that beta state of brain, like always on, always planning, always being receptive, having all this input. Um, so let me go a little bit backwards. Um, probably the one of the testimonies I really like a lot was uh, a law enforcement officer, and I knew his wife well. So he came in for one session, was a little skeptical. He also had been, I believe, in Afghanistan and came back, and he admitted he had P- PTSD, Um, He had one session with me and his night terrors went away. And that was the only thing that he did different. And then he started practicing to a recording every day. There's also another type of yoga nidra um, called iRest. And that was developed, developed and tested and researched specifically um, with people in the military and people who had PTSD. Mm. So there's there's old and there's new research, both with mindfulness and then specifically with Yoga Nidra. Um, and the easiest way to understand, again, is it's affecting your nervous system. PTSD comes about because of what you've been exposed to and how the nervous system is protective because it still believes it was real. And so if the nervous system has a large part to do with PTSD, then look to the nervous system to affect it. Wow. So yes, we're seeing, um, I've been asked, um, I was kind of surprised at first, um, but there have been, uh, medical organizations that have asked me to do sessions with their staff, okay. um, as well as people coming in individually.
0: I love that. I love that the more help and the more support that we can give, especially to our veterans, uh, uh, well everyone right but but you know again just just everyone in general that's hurting uh that's, that have uh challenges um be open to new forms of therapy right and I, yes. I, I guess that's the the best way that I could put that uh talk to me and talk to us a little bit about you have an application as well like a mobile application uh what what is it insight
1: in, insight timer insight so timer, right? I went from another whole whole story of me becoming a full time or small business owner, but I actually ended up buying a space, uh, to hold classes in. And then I sold that, uh, just a month or so ago because of COVID like it just didn't seem it was going to work out for a while. Yeah. So I'm completely online. Um, again, I'm a normal person. I'm not perfect. I had hesitation. I actually don't like my voice that much. So it was funny in corrections. I did stand up training for four years at the Academy. Um, on a whim, I went and got certified in yoga nidra. And I started being aware that people are like, I love your voice, your voice is hypnotic, like, you could talk about anything, and it relaxes me down. So I listened, and I started doing recordings, but I, you know, I couldn't find a platform. I wouldn't do my homework sometimes on getting this up and running, because in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know about a recording. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. Then I did my yoga nidra practice on that, and I was like, Jill, what are people telling you? They are telling you your voice is helpful. Go back to what mom and dad taught. This is how you're to be of service. So I actually applied to one company and didn't hear back, um, and it was a blessing in disguise. So I. Continued on and I found insight timer. So I now have four. um, Those are the four offerings that I have. One is very, very effective for sleep. It's a sleep meditation. There's another one that is all of about four minutes long for in the moment anxiety. And what I love is this is on demand. So you don't have to wait to come to my class. You get on the app, you put on your headphones and you listen um the app is free it does run on donations so there's a cut that goes to the apple store you know obviously insight timer has behind the scenes work right. but that's another thing that i love is that it's very available if you don't have any money please come use it if you want to donate between $1. a <laughs> $1.99 or 19.99 every time the end of the month once a year i don't care just please come use it and i think there's over 80,000 offerings on it so if you don't like my sessions there's music there's courses there's other people again it's something that's accessible and no one also no one has to know you're using it so if you're like I don't know about this meditation stuff I don't know about these apps you can go listen to this app and no one will ever know that you used it so, And then I do live sessions also I've started doing live yoga nidra uh, on some okay. Sundays
0: Okay so so hold on no, let me let me get back to that so the app Insight uh, is free mm-hmm. you, to, to download from the App Store. Uh, the, the site itself runs off a donation. but So the content that you're providing, do, when we make the donations, are the donations going to you or are they going to the site, ho- the app builder, the app host?
1: Good, good, good question because I know as a creator and a podcaster, you know. So okay. a portion of the proceeds, okay. yes, go to me. Okay um and all transparency when i do a live on the app we are encouraged to say donate through the app there's other ways you can donate to me um but yeah there's some costs involved but um, the nice thing is you don't even have to download the app you can you can listen it takes a little bit you can actually even listen without don- downloading the app okay. but i would say da- you know download the app it's been around for a while it's safe it's free and then just look through for the selections. Again, I would love for you to take a listen, you know, to, to me and see if that oh, works definitely. for you. Um, but don't let things be a barrier. I say to people, if you don't like Yoga Nidra, if you don't like my voice, if you don't like an app, there is a lot out there that will introduce you to mindfulness and then find, find, find what you will use. Mm. Physical yoga classes are great. There are yoga classes for veterans, just for men. But if you know that you're not going to get dressed and go, if you don't feel comfortable in class, find something, some way that you will commit to take care of yourself.
0: That's it. That's it right there. And and the reason that I I asked about the, the, the app was... You get what you pay for, and I say this a lot a lot of times. So I, I'm, I'm down to, to chip in a couple of nickels, right, to, to things that, that actually bring value uh, to my life. So, so I will definitely make sure I get that. And in the post-show notes, I will make sure that I've got links to uh, Breathing Space, your, your primary website, to your link on uh, the Insight Timer and to your your Facebook and your in your Instagram Thank page you. as well, so, so folks can at least reach out and have that that message. And and I think That's you've true. got your uh, your email and your phone number, so folks can if they have some additional questions and things like that that they, yes. they can get to. Um, yeah, and
1: I prefer my I do Zoom sessions right now because okay. obviously we can't meet in person. The Zoom. I just think there's a different connection because it's live Uh, because I think the yoga nidra has more value. Occasionally I do those live on insight timer. They're not available, but even my classes it's $10 a person, hugely undervalued for how you feel and what you get. But I don't want people to have an excuse. You can have your camera off. If you don't have the $10 reach out Uh, again, huge value. I want people to have access to try something that may shift their lives for them, and again, it's it's not me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you know, again, if the app doesn't work out, I do Zoom sessions. People can call and say, "Will you do a session midnight on a Thursday, three in the afternoon on a Saturday?" And most times, my answer is going to be yes.
0: You, you're finding ways of turning lemons into lemonade with this lockdown. So, so yes. that's, that's cool, right? I mean, because yes. a lot of folks who have either pivoted or taken the entrepreneurial route have you know. It's been tough across the board, but but again, you have continued to evolve and found a way that's probably more advantageous, to be honest with you. And instead of having fo- a whole lot of folks, 10 folks in a studio at one particular time, that's only 10 people you're touching. But now you've got a mobile application. Now you've got a microphone, some lights, and a camera, and you can reach anywhere in, across yes. the globe with the message, with the yes. alien, with with, the, with those types of things. So I think that's incredibly powerful, incredibly very beneficial. So congratulations on that. Um, yeah.
1: Sometimes it's fine on, on insight timer. I think my largest class, I think the last class we had 220 people wow. and literally people are saying, I'm from Italy. I'm from Georgia. I'm from here. You know, people saying, you know, this is great because I can't sleep. This is, thank you so much. You know, I just lost my loved one to COVID and they're, they're writing in the comments. So it's a little, it's a little different feel because I can say things out loud to them, but I think it gives people permission to, I mean, they're kind of sharing with a stranger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been very curious and I'm, I'm loving it again for, and if people don't like it, they just click off like no big deal. You know, if you go in a room where you pay to take a class, you can't always get out of there.
0: You can't sleep um, out and I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah,
1: but but again, when I tell people try an app, try an online class, you can just click off if you if you don't like the feel of it.
0: What's next? Talk to me, talk to me about what, what, what are you doing next? What, what is it? It's March. We're getting close to, you know, we're, we're rounding the corner on, on some of these restrictions. You know, folks are getting the shots in the arm. Things are starting to, tears are starting to change color. And, we're, you know, uh, what's next for, for spreading the breathing space message? What, what does Jill Weston have planned for the remainder of 2021?
1: I think it's primarily looking like collaborations. Um, I had started some of those, um, you know, and anything from like there's a woman who has, um, she has like this picnic company to offer people experiences as families start to gather. And she's like, would you do something before or after in person or not? Um, I've done some retreats with people already. So as that comes back on board, um, I definitely want to go back again. I sold my physical space, so I'll be looking for places to pop up classes. Okay. Um, but I think for a little while, just I'm not planning too far ahead. I'm, I'm very hopeful, but I do like, I do want to get back in person. I also love to travel. And so just before COVID hit, I had some things in the works of literally traveling places like maybe going and visiting a yoga studio or I have friends who travel full time. They're like, you know, we'll gather up 50 people and you could do a yoga nidra, um, uh, yeah. you know, retreat. So we'll see what's in store. Um, and a lot of it too is, you know, what, what people want. And so sometimes I have people coming to me asking for some creative things and I either say yes or no, just based on how I think it may work out. So if anybody out there has creative ideas, I'm pretty game for almost <laughs> I, anything.
0: I'm, I'm I'm sure they do. I'm, uh, uh I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful as well. And I, and I'm, uh, I'm quite interested in, in, in following, continuing to follow your journey as well. You, you've definitely helped in, in, enlighten me. And, again, I'm being selfish, right? Yeah, we've got listeners and viewers, but it, you know, it's, it's all about me <laughs> right now. Right? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm definitely going to take a look at the app. I'm definitely going to reach out and possibly I'll, I'll be one of those guys in the back of the room in, in one of the Zoom classes for sure. But uh, I definitely see the value. I definitely see the, the positive uh, Aspects of what you're doing, and I I feel the the personal connection, right? I I can tell that that you when you say what you're saying, you you say it because you mean it, either because you've experienced it or it's actually been something that 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 resonates with you on a personal level, not just here's ten dollars or you know you know here here's some some money for your your service. No, this this matters to to Jill. So so that actually I I see and and I can feel. So you know that being said, uh, this was pretty cool. I'm I am i I'm ready to go climb a mountain. I'm probably not gonna ah. <laughs> I'll just go get on my bike. I'm not gonna climb a mountain though. But uh yeah. so and, yeah. and
1: listen to your body when you do, like yeah. when you start thinking you can't go another mile. Again, not to restart the show, but are you saying to yourself, I can't go another mile because I've only ever gone fifteen miles? Yeah. Or oh yeah. look what time it is like go inside your body. And what is your body telling you? Is your body telling you to stop or is your body telling you to go? And is it the old stories of, well, you've only ever climbed the mountain this way. You've only ever ridden the bike this way. You've only ever done a podcast this way. And that kind of wraps up again. That's what mindfulness is. Is it your old stories or it's like, I'm sorry. Mindfulness is which story, what are you paying attention to? And is it real?
0: Folks, y'all better recognize. Jill over here dropping some gems on oh, y'all. This 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 is uh, a <laughs> this is must see TV, must must listen to podcast. Uh, so thank you, uh, thank you again very much for your time, folks. Appreciate you guys for t- tuning in, chiming in, and providing commentary. Uh, I will also turn this into a podcast. Folks you can always watch the rerun out on YouTube, or again listen to the podcast that's out on all of the main distribution channels. I will as I said, include links to all of Jill's uh, online presences, all of her social media profiles and things of that nature. And, you know, with that being said, Jill, I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you happiness and uh, use your word. I wish you peace. Thank you. Right back at you. (laughs) Thank you.